0: so this is a conversation with wafa mustafa she's a berlin-based syrian journalist we spoke about her father ali mustafa who was forcibly disappeared by the Assad regime on july 2nd 2013. wafa highlights the fact that those who are forcibly disappeared are often depoliticized and quoted in quote-unquote humanitarian language we also spoke about her participation in the 2011 uprising and what it means to her today her journey from syria to turkey and then to berlin about dealing with and talking about depression and about her next project. So, as usual, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Fire These Times. And if you like what I do, please consider supporting this project with only $1 a month on Patreon on buymeacoffee.com. You can also do so directly on PayPal if you prefer. Patreon is for monthly, PayPal is for one-offs, and Buy Me Coffee has both options. And if you cannot donate, you can still help by reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.
1: Now I'm a Syrian journalist. I've always been Syrian, but now I'm a journalist and activist. Mm-hmm. And I live in Berlin. I've just graduated after, I don't know, 10 years. I first went to college um, like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I just graduated. Uh, and um, yes, uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: con- uh, yeah congratulations first of all
1: thank you <laughs> it's always <laughs> hard to when when someone says introduce yourself i don't know
0: no that's fine that was fine okay. um so I'll, I'll so i'll just start like i i first heard about uh you on twitter i think through the photos you've been posting of yourself in in Koblenz in germany mm-hmm. and but for those who don't know, I'll quickly say that Klubbins is where the, the world's first criminal trial dealing with atrocities committed by uh, the Syrian regime uh, is being held. And the photos, mm-hmm. of course, that uh, you've been posting are uh, usually you holding photos of your father or sometimes even of other Syrians who have been uh, forcibly disappeared. I recognize some of the faces, uh, although not all of them. So... Your fa- So let's just start start with your father, if that's okay. Uh, so your father has been in assets prisons for seven years now. I think just recently you commemorated the, the seventh year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, can you kind of tell us a bit about him? Like what happened? Uh, just kind of, yeah, gen- general introduction, yeah. To your story and context, if, you, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yes, on the 2nd of July, my dad completed um, seven years in one day. But uh, today, he completes 2,573 days. Mm. And um, um, he got, I, I don't think arrested is the right word, but he was forcibly disappeared yeah. on the 2nd of July, 2013. And um, he, was, he was at our uh, home in Damascus while the other part of the family lived in Masyaf our hometown Mm -hmm. which is um yeah i don't know in the middle of Syria i Mm -hmm. guess and um yes before that we used to um like to live together um me and my dad for a few months he moved from Masyaf to Damascus because it was less pressure for him Masyaf is a quite like little small um town so And he was uh, arrested before that twice. So it was a bit difficult for him. So a few months before he got arrested for the third time, Mm -hmm. he decided to move to Damascus. Maybe just, um, yeah, it's more, I guess, a little bit more relaxing. And Mm -hmm. um, so on that day, I wasn't home. I was in Masyaf. And uh, yeah, he... He, he and my mom weren't meeting for a while and then he suggested um, in a very romantic jest, uh, <laughs> which uh, my dad is, is quite hard to express uh, his feelings. So he called my mom and said, um, why don't you come and we spend uh, some time together. Um, so oh, yes, my mom was actually, everyone was quite tra- like um, scared of traveling because, you know, like, um, uh, everyone was being kidnapped, everyone was being arrested from checkpoints and stuff. So my mom didn't really like to travel a lot, but then, um, yeah, it was the right moment. So she did, and yeah, she prepared a lot of stuff, his food, um, his favorite food, uh, clothes, and, uh, yeah. and then she went there.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. I was at, sorry.
0: No, 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 please, please go ahead
1: yeah I, and uh well if if i'm to describe what exactly happened i was asleep mm-hmm. in masya mm-hmm. and my mom called and said can you can you call your dad and I i i just i knew and i called him and he didn't respond and yeah. then uh, usually actually I tell the story from my mom's perspective but yeah. I guess this is the first time I I tell it from my perspective but anyway uh, yes uh, so so I kept um, calling him and he never responded and then you know we don't really speak like we don't say stuff on the phone in Syria yeah. but yeah. my mom was that desperate so she said she, she just said that I'm calling him and he's not responding and the neighbor said that. A group of armed men um attacked um the house and she heard just I don't know noise and voices and stuff, and then she saw him uh on the stairs with this group of men and also with another man who turned out to be my dad's best friend. And he's the same person who actually a year later his family was told that he um got killed under torture. Okay. Uh so yeah, my mom actually waited for like a few hours there, and she uh, she was too scared to go upstairs. and she waited for my aunt to come. and uh, yeah, so and then they went there. And yeah, everything was was broken. Everything was like she couldn't she couldn't recognize anything. And uh, yeah. That's it. I guess she she called him. So from her perspective, she called him like fifteen minutes before she arrived, and she said, "Yes, I'll be there in like fifteen minutes." And then he told her that I cleaned the house, and everything is perfect, and I'm waiting for you. And that was it.
0: That's horrible. Is is your mom? Uh, is she with you in Germany now?
1: No, unfortunately, my mom and my youngest sister in Canada now, and I have a, a younger sister um, in the US.
0: Ah, oh, yes, Sana is in the US. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one one detail that I remember, I think you mentioned it in the in the branch two five one podcast, which I, I will link all of this in the in the blog post. You mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, if i'm not mistaken please correct me if i'm wrong but like your father had told you to immediately leave the country in case this this actually happened wow. and uh something like what if you just a few days later you you and your family were already on your way to turkey with pretty much nothing on you and so this this is what actually like did i get the timeline uh correct this was so basically this was in july 2013.
1: Yes so my dad i mean my dad uh, told told me this um, i mean from the very beginning of the revolution and i guess every every like family member told their um, their families that they should do so because it is the situation in Syria mm-hmm. if if anyone get arrested then the rest of the family would definitely get arrested to put pressure mm-hmm. on this person and especially women we don't have any like boys in the family so Mm -hmm. it is even like more um sensitive and also obviously because i got arrested before so we have a like a record so it was uh, more dangerous for us and and actually when my dad told me this for the first time i was like i almost laughed you know what it's i this is still something i cannot believe that i like every time we talked about detention with my mm-hmm. dad and, and everyone, every time someone got detained, y- you would never imagine that this would happen to you or like to your family. No. And every time we talked about it, I was very um, like, I was very sad for them and stuff, very scared, but it didn't come up to my mind at any point okay. that, even when when sometimes I said that, okay, so my dad, might get i might get arrested but actually i believe that i just said that for the sake of saying that but i mm-hmm. didn't actually imagine it's still i mean i always say that sometimes i still like look at i don't know like when i was in coplands and in the middle of all these photos when i saw my dad's photo i i i really couldn't for a second couldn't uh, like I, I was shocked that okay, but why is my daddy? For mm. so this this it's not it's not something that we accept or, I mean obviously I'm trying to not to accept but I'm trying to somehow find a way to deal with it. But yeah, it yeah. is like every morning I wake up and I'm like, just wait a second. Where am I? I mean, what's why why do I have a photo? I mean I've never had a photo of my dad like nearby my my bed so every time i wake up now i'm like wait what why do i have a photo of my dad here so it's um yeah it's 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 i don't know if i mean i guess all families um i mean everyone have their own ways to deal with it or like to i don't know to feel towards stuff but but i'm sure that it's never easy or, or never like it's it's never something that's you actually accept and you believe, even after fifty years, hundred years.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, the photo that you would be holding is actually a photo where you were with him in that photo. Yes, so yeah. this
1: is the. This is actually a very sad thing. I'm. Uh, I just realized that I. Well, my dad is not a fan of like uh, being in photos, being photographed. <laughs> so. Um, and, and I was the same somehow. And I just realized this after he disappeared, because I realized that this, that was the only photo for me and him after I grew up, I I have no other photos, which is, I mean, it, it, sometimes when I post like old photos on, or I post the same photos again, it breaks my heart because I I just, I don't have other photos. So,
0: yeah. And so, for those who don't know, in Koblenz, so we mentioned the trial. Can you talk a bit about what the trial represents? What is it about? And also, because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're part of Families for Freedom. For those who don't know, also, like, w- what is the group about?
1: Um, yes, well, so uh, the trial is um, is uh, prosecuting in Germany now um, mm-hmm. two, um, uh former officials. Um, in Al-Khatib branch in Syria, which is um, like, um, which is one of the many, many branches that um, ruled by the intelligence in Syria, um, which is a very, it's, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it's very desperate that, that many branches are called the death branches, but because Everyone is desperate is just to show the world how um, how bad the situation is. But Al-Khatib was was also very famous for its bad repetition. So these two persons who actually fled to Germany years ago are now being prosecuted and accused of um cases of um, uh, um, like killing under torture, of detention, detaining people, depriving them from their freedom. And, uh, um, and even like, uh, there are cases of sexual assault. So um, it's, I guess it started in April, some somewhere towards, yeah, sometime like that, yeah. Towards the, the, yeah, the end of April. And um, yes, so when it started, I mean, I've, I've been following the news of, even before it started, I knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh because it started somehow in Berlin so i'm here and i'm i'm quite trying to follow um the news of everything so i've 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 been following this and when it started officially i it was it was a, a very confusing moment uh it it is very emotional for us for everyone as syrians to see uh, just to to list to to know that someone, some criminals are being prosecuted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is the, like the first layer, which made us very emotional and very quiet, like maybe not not happy. I, I don't really use the word happy, but quite maybe satisfied at some level. but um, yeah, in the in the beginning i was I was trying just to process um the news and everything, and I wasn't sure how I was feeling. But uh, I decided, I just remembered that at, what, at one point I said, okay, so I want to go there, but I don't just want to attend the sessions as like, a, I don't know, someone who wants to, um, to, I don't know, witness this moment. I mm-hmm. also want to take my dad with me
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I think that he's the one who deserves to uh, witness this moment. And then um, as I'm part of Families for Freedom, a women-led movement whose relatives and loved ones are all disappeared either Mm. by Assad, by ISIS, by Mm. um, like groups that um, following the um, uh, opposition, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So Mm -hmm. um, yes, so what we do actually as a group of women is that we go everywhere. We don't only tell our stories. We don't, I guess this is something that I'm, I'm very proud of that we're not we we actually resist to be presented and to be and to act as victims at some level we are victims obviously mm-hmm. but we don't act uh, according to that because this means that at some point we'll just accept to do the least we can and we're trying to do our best we are active on many levels we are active on a political level we meet politicians decision makers Um, We talk to them, we have clear, somehow we have clear like demands and visions. Um, We also like do events um, to raise awareness regarding the nature of detention in Syria. Um, We talk to the public in many different, we approach the public in many different ways. We also um, like do have our own approach to to, like, I I don't know, to support and also to bring uh, families of detainees together um, to make this movement stronger. So as a member of Families for Freedom, I suggested that uh, to the group that I want to go there and take um, uh, my dad's photo and the photos we have um, Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. detainees whose actually families um, send us these photos like um, last year, I guess. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, and because of COVID-19, other members of the group could did um, join and so we just suggested that okay so we make it like this i go alone
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um and yes actually when 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 we were going there we I, I didn't have anything in mind i i just what on the way i was just thinking that okay so i believe that people who deserve most to witness this moment are these detainees mm-hmm. so that was the point so but obviously, when when you go there, I mean, first time I spent like first day there, I spent something like six seven hours sitting in front of the courthouse, and um, yeah, it's it's the whole thing. Even if in my mind, everything developed there, uh, while like sitting there, talking to people, seeing people, seeing the like the photos of these detainees all together. So I I believe I I eventually i decided that okay so i i i'm here i realized actually why also i was going there first to say that yes uh this is a very important very crucial moment uh in the very long exhausting uh difficult way towards justice in syria this is the first step and and yes i i would like to recognize that but also i would like to emphasize that this is not justice i -hmm. mean somehow it is you know because when when people are so desperate they 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 are also they see stuff as maybe like yeah the the trial somehow is presented as like that that's it this is the moment of justice which is quite dangerous because Mm -hmm. this means that it will make us Somehow, maybe relax and feel like yes, we've we've achieved something, which is which is it's it is obviously an achievement of all those Syrians who worked all these those witnesses and survivors mm-hmm. who stepped forward and said yes, we want to talk about it. We want to prosecute these people, but uh, it is just the first step, uh, and and this actually the most important aspect of the trial that it i believe that it emphasizes once again that what we all should do is work together to release detainees
0: mm. i I've,
1: I've repeated this many many times it doesn't it's not acceptable that i uh, wait for my dad i know actually i wait for the regime to tell me that my dad is 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 dead mm-hmm. and then i go to i don't know a german or a french or whatever court and prosecute Assad regime. This is not accept- This I don't accept this. Mm-hmm. And this is not what we want. If they are alive, then we want them free.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If they are not, we want justice for them. But first of all, we deserve all to know the fate of our loved ones. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, I mean, a lot happened there now. I now I have like a huge memory, um, um, about Copland's and everything that that uh, happened there, and I, to be honest, the most the most overwhelming part was the families of detainees. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I couldn't, I could never imagine that it will mean that much to the families of people who actually appeared in the photos. You cannot, I cannot even describe it. it I've I spent days just trying to respond. To people sending me photos of me holding their loved ones' photos and saying that "thank you for doing this," it it, it was I I cannot. This is something I cannot even describe. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, even like people who approached me to say that "why didn't you take my um, my loved one photo?" It 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 was a lot to be honest, but uh, and it is still a lot. Uh, And this is why in the, like the third time I went there, we went more people and also with more photos. Like we asked uh, through the page of Families for Freedom, we asked people to send us their loved one photos if they want. And uh, that we want to hold them again in Copeland. And in four days, we got 60 more photos. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is one thing that I, I wasn't actually, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine that it means that. Can you? I mean, how desperate are people to be that happy only because they saw their loved, their detained and their disappeared loved ones, just photos in front of a courthouse?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I guess it it says a lot.
0: And how how many days did you stay in Koblenz?
1: Uh, well, I went three times but okay. um yeah on different dates mm-hmm. and first time I guess um I spent two days I mean every time I go there we go we go in front of the car the court um like at around 7 seven thirty in the morning and we stay around something like um three four sometimes we stay till five uh it depends on the session when the session ends uh we usually uh try to leave uh, first time we went it was it was crazy uh warm um next time it was raining there was there were storms and stuff so i i it's it's yeah even in my mind the the scene of copland's is is quite yeah um it's uh, it's very yeah it's very dense and um uh, overwhelming
0: you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm from Lebanon, so I, I have worked, um, I don't know if work is the correct word, but I I do know some people who still have loved ones that are officially, quote unquote, forcibly disappeared from the war. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a very, very long time, obviously 70s and the 80s for the most part. Um, a few years ago, um, that would have been 2014, I think, i was uh invited by an n g o to uh, basically meet this family in in shatila uh whose whose two sons were uh forcibly disappeared uh in the south if i'm not if i remember the the details are a bit hazy now in my mind if i remember the details correctly and the the memory the so the memory that i have of that meeting was i literally just i was asked because you know i was blogging and so the NGO wanted people to blog about it, essentially as a awareness, you know, raising raising awareness, etc. And but what I remember from that um, m- moment, that day, spent, like it was must have been like two hours in total, is uh, them, the mother especially, the father was. Uh, I still remember him being kind of very paralyzed, like he wasn't talking. He was very, uh, like I think we can describe it as PTSD, probably. Uh, the mother, uh, she was the one talking to me, and she w- kept on giving me the photo, giving me the photo, and it it kind of, it broke, I remember just this like breaking my heart because I couldn't, obviously I couldn't do anything. I was just blogging about it, but that was the closest thing to even recognition that she had back then. Um, there is a equivalent group in Lebanon to Families for Freedom, but it's very different because it's no longer seen as a quote unquote ongoing problem. And that is something that's actually a huge problem in Lebanon because, and this will, uh, this is why I wanted to link it in a sense, because in Lebanon, um, I mean, you probably know this, but for those who don't know, when the war ended in 1990, it ended under very bad conditions in the sense that all of the warlords came together. It was actually under uh, Hafez al-Assad's control, essentially that it happened. Uh, And they came together and they basically decided to stop the war. That was the Ta'if agreement. But Mm -hmm. that came with an amnesty. So the amnesty was uh, basically all of the crimes committed during the war, or the the majority of them, with the exception of crimes committed against religious or political leaders. All of the other crimes were exempted from prosecution, uh, which is the vast majority of the crimes, obviously. And so this is how the 90s were, were in Lebanon. And so what this translated into is that the, the family is the people who uh, have still loved ones, relatives, friends, who are officially, quote unquote, missing, officially, uh, they cannot do, there's no legal recourse for them to do anything because the crime is no longer legally a crime. And so my fear has always been that this is what people will try or what the powers to be, let's let's use a vague term, would try mm. to do with Syria. And that's why I'm very grateful that uh, you and Families for Freedom and, of course, many, many else are not accepting this quote-unquote compromise. And I would even say that today, even though it's 2020, I still think that this is a threat. Like, this is something that they can... Uh, you know if they do these quote-unquote peace negotiations that this is actually something that they might agree on at some point and that this is something that we must really really be very very careful about and resist and not accept like you said exactly like you said that just not accept anything other than just justice to know what happened Mm -hmm. and if we do know what happened to actually have uh, repercussions and to uh, have accountability because the lack of accountability obviously is the main story of the the war in lebanon and unfortunately on a much wider scale in syria as well
1: i totally agree i mean i mean i've i think the yeah the it it is it is there are attempts to um to deal with the with the like the detention and enforced disappearance in syria as um now like we've now we've uh we just hear that uh yes so they are like um hostages Mm -hmm. and 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 this is something that that has been said during peace negotiations
2: yeah
1: and it might because they actually they they are using the fact that people are so desperate people are so tired that that they might accept actually um, anything. Mm-hmm. That okay, we'll will release them. Uh, we'll do like uh, yes, we'll release them because they are um, like hostages, which is which is very dangerous. And and I I understand why families might not. A lot of us might not maybe realize how dangerous it is and what that means. Uh, and, and now this is being actually promoted in Syria. And um, like just um, two weeks ago, I guess the Civil Defense in Syria um, uh, launched this campaign that uh, called, I guess, not hosted, not not hostages, I guess,
0: not hostages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: uh, to say that this is not acceptable. And and detail those are detainees. They are mm-hmm. not even prisoners. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the terms actually, and and yeah, I mean, I mean, it's sadly, we've developed it, this knowledge. I wish we, we've developed it in, in different circumstances, but we've developed this knowledge that what are the differences between these terms? What, when they say prisoner, prisoners, what that means? When they say hostages, what that means? So now it is actually, and I believe that the, also the, the fight in Syria and the, the battle is also unnarrative. Mm-hmm. and and terms are very crucial in that
0: can you tell us the difference between the words for those who don't know
1: uh, well yeah I mean I mean in my um, very humble uh, knowledge <laughs> I believe that um, um, it 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 is related mostly to um, uh, the the reason for which people are uh, um, like detained or arrested or uh, in prison and um, the the fact that they're family so prisoners are probably i guess and i hope that um, lawyers and um those who are uh, experts will correct me if i'm wrong but i guess prisoners is more used to uh things that are not uh like if you just say prisoners like not political prisoners, mm-hmm. it suggests that they are not uh, imprisoned for political reasons. Yeah. Uh, and that also, I guess it suggests, at least I guess what I understand from the context of Syria, that uh, their families might have access to them and might uh, know their fate and where they are and their whereabouts. Mm-hmm. But when someone is, I guess that I'm sure that we use the term uh, detained or uh, enforced uh or firstly disappeared when someone is uh, arrested uh, for uh, reasons related to the revolution or to political reasons, and, uh, and 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 they are not mostly no they are definitely not arrested by um, like an order from an actual authority which is yeah. like I don't know a judge or whatever uh these are uh, things that uh, um that committed by the intelligence mm-hmm. so and which uh, they are i guess they are not actually and like um like a formal or like an actual um entity or whatever um so it is all um it is all uh, committed by them and it also means that uh, the families are deprived the right to know no there is no like even before talking about the right to know where are they and the accusations or whatever, we are deprived to know that they are actually taken by this uh, mm-hmm. entity or this branch. Mm-hmm. So this says it all. Like someone, I, sometimes I say that my dad has been like forcedly disappeared and then people say, so you call him? Well, I mean, I know it's complicated and like the nature of detention is, is different somehow, maybe from one place to another. But I, I try to say that I don't even know if he's actually who, who kidnapped him and why, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if he's actually still alive or not. And this applies for, uh, for enforced disappearance. Mm-hmm. I guess in detention, um it is maybe i don't know it is somehow different but I, I'm not sure to be honest i i don't want to say something that i'm not sure of yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, hostages also i guess suggest that there is a war between two parties, and then some people who had nothing to do with the with anything were actually taken by one like by one party, and so mm-hmm. now we want to solve it, so let's just uh, uh give people a pack. Um, to their families which is not the case actually I mean I mean one thing that I insist on all the time is that my dad was political he was not a lot many people in Syria were arrested for different reasons sometimes because their names were I don't know close to someone like to uh, some other people names and stuff but I insist that we shouldn't be Especially in the in the in the like the context of I don't know European um, discussion and and uh, it is somehow pushed to the to the point where we just talk about them as victims, and that they've they've they haven't done anything and we don't talk about the reasons like what happened or we just say that there are missing people in Syria. No, they they are they they are missing obviously, but they are not missing in this sense mm-hmm. they uh, my dad was aware of everything he was doing my dad was political mm-hmm. uh, he demanded he was not just kidnapped randomly he was kidnapped and arrested because he demanded this and this and this mm-hmm. so i i don't accept that my dad is deprived this right i mean, that most of the times i'm asked to talk about detention and detainees and blah 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 and in a humanitarian context i don't even know what does that mean yeah. Uh, let's not talk about politics. Let's just talk about the suffering of families. This is something I fight against every day. If someone feels that this is what they want to say, then it's totally fine. But this is not my position. My dad wasn't just sitting at home and then he was kidnapped, which happened to a lot of people. But it did not happen to my dad. My dad went out, went to the streets, and said, We want freedom, justice, democracy, and the state of law. And this is why he was uh, kidnapped and, and disappeared.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so while you were talking, I was thinking of a uh, essay that I had to write in December 2019. So it's not even that long ago, um, analyzing a movie slash documentary by Rassan Halwani. And so Rassan Halwani, he's a Lebanese director, but he's also separately known because his father is among those that were forced to be disappeared uh, during the war. And his mother was a well-known. I will, I will link this as well because I, I forget the details on the spot. Uh, his mother uh, is a well-known activist in Lebanon for that for that specific uh, cause. And he was saying exactly what you just said right now. That a big part of the problem in the context of Lebanon, and I'm sure the same could be said to other. Uh, countries, and I know for, I know about, uh, that Families for Freedom has tried to link up with uh, Bosnians and, and other groups as well. Yes, um, he, he was specifically saying that he wanted to make it very clear that this was a crime that happened specifically against his father due to X, N, Y, and Z. His father was involved at the time um, with a communist group in Lebanon. So It wasn't random. It wasn't just something that Uh, you know happened uh this this the, the word missing can always sound as if it's it's innocent you know it's something just happened it's part of nature some some weird thing some vague thing has happened and that's not the case and that's that's exactly what his um film is about and in his film he he's also like an artist so he draws and animates um uh out of a photo of one of those who were forcibly disappeared his father talking
1: that. about erased right
0: erased exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: i've watched this oh my god one of the most difficult things i've watched
0: exactly so i interviewed him i actually met him recently as well in, in zurich and yeah that, that's the that's that that's the point he he draws the uh a portrait of a forcibly disappeared i believe it's his father but i'm not i'm not exactly sure on this yeah. part and he animates him to to give back agency that that's the that's the point of it but yeah so uh we mentioned that families for freedom uh linked up with bosnians and i don't know maybe others i'm not entirely sure can you talk a bit about this process if you know about it if you don't it's fine
1: um you mean the process of
0: yeah just we'll linking up with like other yeah. groups you know like bosnians in this case or maybe argentinians as, i'm not sure but there are like there are similar-ish, it's, not, it's never the same situation, of course, but the, the depoliticization of uh, such crimes, unfortunately, has been common in other contexts as well. And so I'm wondering if uh, maybe you, you were not participating in it directly, but because I know that Families for Freedom has linked up with, uh, or has at least tried to basically stand in solidarity with uh, yeah. Bosnian families and Yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, to be honest, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't very uh, present when no. when the like the the meeting uh, when also the uh, uh, ladies from Families for Freedom went, I guess, to Bosnia and met um, women from uh, from there. I wasn't actually there, but um, but I think that uh, it is. Uh, we are very like we are. Um, we are trying to uh, pay attention to that not only because. Because some contexts are similar, but because also we know that there is a lot to uh, to learn uh, from their experiences. I guess yes, the most uh, like the most apparent experience like um, I, I would say exchange is between feminist freedom and the um, the 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 mothers and the ladies from Bosnia. Mm-hmm. but we're also I guess we are working on like approaching. Uh, And we are being approached by other groups uh, from Latin America, Mm -hmm. um, even from Lebanon, I guess, Mm -hmm. guess, because we are in this. This is actually because we are uh, scattered all over the world. Uh, So the group has um, members in Europe, all over Europe, but also uh, in in Lebanon, in Turkey, uh, inside Syria, uh, most importantly, um so so we are all over the place, and I guess we are we are trying we are aware um of the importance of this exchange and uh, i guess i I was on one event with the uh, unfortunately, I forgot her name um a very famous lady from uh, from um the steppan yeah. uh, yeah. group uh-huh. yeah and um and And, even for me, it was it was it was shocking. I mean, I remember that almost everyone in her family was disappeared, um like husband, sons, and brothers. And yeah, I, it it is to be honest, even like even when you have such a like a difficult or I don't know, like ongoing um suffering, you still. I'm actually shocked uh, by the fact that I can still be shocked by other people, uh, right. people's experiences. And I guess it was very, it was very important for me to talk to her and uh, to ask her about this. I guess also like recently I was at some uh, event and there has been talk, like there, there was um, talk about the Colombia experience yes and um and i guess as you said it was it was very important for us to say that the the example is great and um i've read a little bit about um about that and but it's very crucial for us to say that this could not be applied to syria if this what is being suggested mm-hmm. because we do not trust the syrian government mm-hmm. And and sometimes, most of the times, to be honest, this is something that we discuss all the time. Most of the times, when it is uh, discussed by non-Syrians, uh, we are we are pushed somehow, or we are like pressured by by saying that yeah, but you know, most importantly, we want them back, and uh, if that means that we should collaborate or we should work somehow with the Syrian government then we should. And this is, and, and I always say that we, we don't say that because we are arrogant and we are saying that, no, we don't want uh, to work with them. But obviously if after 10 years, it's not that clear that we cannot trust them mm-hmm. and that they would never do anything that is um, in the favor of Syrians and mm-hmm. Syrian people. Then this means it, it doesn't. It doesn't need us to be politicians and uh, I don't know political analysts and experts to know that this is the case. And this is, to be honest, something I after I've like, um, I've I, I, now I'm like being present in events and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I could like I didn't imagine that this is actually something that we will discuss every time for hours. That yeah why don't we trust the government and and yes but we don't have other options obviously yes uh, we don't have many options but but also we don't have many options because the way the whole world is acting
2: yeah
1: so it is it is it is very complicated and and sometimes we are pushed i mean sometimes we are being like um, isolated sometimes we are being like uh, in many events to be honest as like we are first presented as families of detainees or families of victims and and or victims ourselves Uh, and we are like pushed to the side while uh while other people discuss politics and uh political ways to solve the problem Mm -hmm. and then we are asked to um to talk about our suffering and our pain and which is which is it is valid everyone can do that but At least I'm saying that for us, this is something we do not accept. Mm -hmm. We're not just going around and telling our stories. This is one way, uh, one means we are using to approach uh, people. But this Mm -hmm. is not the only thing we're doing because even before, and this is something I've always repeated, even before my dad was arrested, I was active. Mm -hmm. I was an activist. I mean, an act, uh, activist is, a, is a problematic, but, but anyway, but I was there. Mm-hmm. I was participating in everything. And mm-hmm. even if my dad wasn't arrested, I would be doing the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not, it's, it's not that now if my dad is back, I'll just drop everything and just live my life.
2: Yeah. No,
1: even if my dad comes back or, not, or doesn't come back, this is the, the revolution for me is, is something that will not something that i won't give up on
0: yeah and i mean on, on that same note you, you recently posted a photo with a friend of yours and oh. uh there's a what's what's incredible about that photo is that it's dated there is the date on it 16th of december 2011 at literally 7 49 pm it's one of those uh, photos and this is this is what you were saying is that at the end of the day it's it's not that because your father was kidnapped two years in essentially in two thousand and thirteen two years and a half in um that's a long time like for for the Lebanese listeners to think about this i mean just just think of how uh how much it felt it feels at December sorry october two thousand and nineteen how long it feels ago because so much has happened since. And we're not even talking about massive amounts of murders and forcibly disappeared or, you know, it's not even on the same scale. And even with that, we feel like this was like, for me, when I think of the October protests, it feels like it's five years ago. And it's not, it's not even a year ago because of so much that has happened since. Basically, my point is that so much can happen in, in, in two and a half years. And I wonder if you can uh, tell us a bit about, maybe not, I mean, this is up to you, of course, maybe not specifically about that protest of the, the one in Medan in, in Damascus, uh, the one in December, but if you can talk a bit about, and again, with as much details as you can, of course, um, how you participated in the protest in 2011, and yeah, so uh, talk, to us, talk to us a bit about essentially the two, two and a half years, essentially, before you had to leave after your father's um, kidnapping uh, to Turkey
1: um well yes I I always like to emphasize that uh, to me the revolution even started um if if I'm if I'm asked to like to give a specific date or
2: mm-hmm. like
1: the moment I felt that the revolution in Syria or I knew that it will start was in front of the Libyan embassy It wasn't even, like, nothing was happening in Syria back then. It was in Libya, and we were protesting in front of the Libyan embassy uh, in in solidarity um, with protesters. So uh, it was was for me, I mean, I still, I have video from there. And uh, and as usual, I was, I guess this is the only video I have from protest because, I mean, when the protest uh, took place in Syria, it wasn't something that you could film or you would I didn't even have like when when the revolution started in Syria I I put my my, like my my smartphone aside and I got this like very old uh, phone that only do calls doesn't Mm -hmm. have camera or anything for safety Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I I don't even have like photos or anything in protests. so that was actually maybe this also plays like a role in in my memory but that's that was the only video i like i have where i obviously i'm protesting Uh, and also because um there people were chanting obviously against Gaddafi and stuff but but among us everyone knew that we were we were not only talking about Gaddafi, and even the police knew because the second day um they attacked the protest and they arrested some people Mm -hmm. and we, and we had to run, and they, um, and I was, I was slapped by an officer that day, because I had, I was wearing a necklace of the Palestinian mob, and I've been, like, wearing this for, like, 10 years uh, before that day, so, uh, so I was slapped by him, and he said, uh, you, something like, you Palestinians shouldn't involved in like uh in internal syrian affairs something like this mm-hmm. so because he thought that i was palestinian and uh i that that like that moment is very like that slap is very clear in my mind and uh because i was slapped again uh, by uh, by like a professor at um, um a journalist a journalism school. Um, later so um, I have like a series of uh, images uh, of me being uh, slapped by people but uh, but yes so that moment for me was very crucial and uh, and, uh, and and as I said also earlier that um, the culture of protests is not wasn't new for me because my dad was because my dad was political mm-hmm. so I guess starting in like 2000 uh, I My dad started taking us every Thursday on a trip from Masiyah to Damascus, like a three, four hours uh, trip with a group of other people to protest in Damascus in solidarity with uh, Palestine, Iraq. So, but we kept doing this every Thursday.
2: I'm sorry. I mean,
1: yeah. Is that is that annoying?
0: Uh, we can hear it in the background, but it's okay. It's okay. Go on
1: okay so uh, yeah so we kept doing this actually for like 10 years mm. so i started going on protest when i was 10 mm. and uh and obviously uh the setting was different blah blah, blah but the, like the 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 culture or like the 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 idea of protesting the image of protesting wasn't new for me yeah uh, and I remember that at some point uh, in uh, 2013 I was I was held on shoulders to uh, to chant and I was like 30. so uh, when the revolution started in Syria it wasn't a question for me like I I wasn't even like I didn't like sit and say shall I participate this is like this is why sometimes I say that even like the moment of the first protest and stuff in Syria is not clear in my mind because I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I was just there and uh, my whole family did the same. So it was also something that uh, like we all did as a family. Uh, and to be honest, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit nostalgic and I still say that i was the best version of myself mm-hmm. in 2011 and 2012 when the revolution yeah. when i was uh, participating and i at some point uh in uh in june 2011 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was uh, like a strike called the dignity strike so they invited students to not go to uh, exams and universities in solidarity with other students and other people who've been like killed and kidnapped and arrested so i actually did and i posted on facebook which is i mean now it it seems a bit like like what does that mean like this is silly but but facebook was banned in syria mm-hmm. we we didn't have access to facebook at that point so i posted on facebook with my like um, real name that i'm um, uh i'm on strike because i'm on Syria in, in solidarity with other students and na, and actually like uh, i just i didn't i didn't go to school anymore and the only thing i did was protesting mm-hmm. um i even i went uh, i went actually to other cities like i went to cities i, I went to places in the countryside um to eastern ruta i went to darya um and then i mean somehow we call it like um revolutionary tour uh, like uh tour- tourism
2: yeah
1: so it sounds very silly but but i i was very excited just to see how people are protesting you know i was in damascus and people were protesting in dala and dala was a huge thing for us yeah so actually a year later like in the beginning of 2012 after i got arrested and released uh i went to dala actually and i stayed there for a couple of days and I also went to Kamishli, North uh, Syria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to Raqqa. I protested in Hama, in Salamiye, so so I guess I was like I even when I remember this, I I have this this feeling of like happiness that I don't have anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I, I just I don't feel anymore. So I guess and, and I always say I'm I'm grateful because the revolution made me the person I am uh and uh and yes it it also obviously it comes with a lot of pain and loss but uh but i i i I accept the fact that that those were my choices no one forced me to do so um so at least i have the responsibility to to accept it and uh and A lot of people just dropped and said that's it i cannot anymore and Mm -hmm. i respect that a lot and i don't i don't not not at any point ever i asked anyone to like no you wish to continue blah 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 no because i know that this is very hard and i know that people have like limits yeah but at least and i even i even like to be honest after we fled syria to turkey I spent something like seven months in bed. I just I couldn't. The only place I went to was the hospital in mm-hmm. Turkey. And I was I was very like my health situation was very bad. I was depressed. I didn't I didn't see any hope. I didn't see any meaning. Like I just I lost I lost meaning, which yeah. something might seem cheesy, but actually it 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 I I actually now I like I feel it and like in my heart, it is it is very um, difficult. But I guess, so I, I sometimes I say that, sometimes people ask me like, how are you very uh, optimistic and stuff? And I say, to be honest, I'm not, it's not that I'm optimistic. I just, I tried not to be and it didn't work. So yeah. continuing is the only option I see because I also, obviously I believe that it will lead somewhere. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it actually you mentioned so you mentioned depression now and if it's okay i'll ask a bit about this uh you also mentioned it on the um, the branch 251 podcast which again i'll link it as well um so uh you you shared the photo of muhammad Zri. you you mentioned in the, that other podcast uh that you knew Aham Razul. um who uh, I I discovered so it's a bit random, but I I discovered uh, or oh, sorry I remembered um, hearing about uh, the news of his death uh, because I think if I'm not mistaken, it was announced at the same time as as Omar Aziz or more or less the same like that same week yeah. more or less, and uh, yeah and I I knew I knew of Omar I didn't know him personally um, how. so this is the the most subjective and the maybe the most vague question i don't know but like how do you actually on a day-to-day basis or weekly basis or i don't know do you have ups and downs do you have how how are you dealing with depression if you still are um how are you actually going through it emotionally with you know again as 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 best as you can describe it i don't think you can actually describe it in any perfect way obviously
1: yeah well um It took me years actually to, not only to be able to talk about it, but to accept the fact that, that um, no, not even to accept, but to be able to see myself in that position. Because Mm. most of the times when I, even when I talk to my friends and stuff, I tell them that there are almost like two years of my life in Turkey that I somehow do not really remember. I I wasn't there and I was working for like almost 18 hours. I would, I was doing three jobs together because obviously we, we needed to survive. It was only me and my mom and my youngest sister who was like 13 at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was, it's not that I, at the, like first seven months I was, I couldn't even leave the bed. I only went to hospitals and, and I was telling my friend actually um, a couple of days ago that uh it it i still somehow uh i don't even know how to say that it's uh like i don't know how to i still remember like you know what i i i I do not remember i just i just remember that period as still images so i see myself in bed and i see my mom and my youngest sister Mm. sitting next to me and just crying and asking me every morning to get up and i'm just silent and uh i still to be honest i feel very guilty because because we all left syria together like um, senna was at that point in the u.s and unfortunately she had to suffer all of all of that all alone Mm. um but somehow I even deprived my mom and my sister the right actually to go eat because I just collapsed. So I just, I still remember that at one point, my mom was, was I, I can see it now. I'm in bed and my mom is sitting next to me and my sister as well. And my mom is saying that please do not give up on hope. At least for me and at least for your dad because he will he will be back and i remember exactly that this is something i cannot i cannot even imagine that i understand why and how i said it but it, it hurts me a lot every day when i remember it that i said that in the back of my mind there is something there is knowledge i had that that is telling me that i should feel guilty now and i should feel sad and that I should not accept, and that I should get up now for you and for my dad and for for my sister. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I feel nothing. I, I'm not even sad. Seeing you, my mom, crying for hours next to me, mm-hmm. and and I was, yeah, I I was I guess I would say I was that depressed. Ah, uh, and uh, yeah, seven months later, the situation was was getting worse so i i had to find a job so i did like i went to another city i was looking for a job and and then i rented a house and i brought my mom and my youngest sister and then at that point the like my depression took another like um, form Mm. so at that point i was working and everything for 18 hours but I still didn't talk to anyone. I still didn't, like, I spent almost, like, a year and a half um, not not saying a word to my mom and to my sister. I would just go to work, like, almost 8 in the morning and then come back, like, 8 in the evening. And I would just um, enter the house and then go to my room. We didn't eat together. We didn't, like, have meals together we didn't cook together we didn't even talk and uh this is to be honest one of the like i would say that that was the most uh difficult uh point of my life yeah and then i got to germany and um uh, to be honest i'm much 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 better now uh, better. at least yeah i mean i to be honest i didn't really i was on medicine for like three years mm-hmm. but i didn't actually for, for some, I don't know, vague reasons, I didn't do therapy mm-hmm. till the moment. I've tried many times, but it it's not easy. It's very difficult for me. I mean, I went to like different people, but I don't know. It just, it is difficult to be honest. I, sometimes when someone tells me that when I see someone that I can clearly see that they need therapy and they tell me that, well, yeah, I couldn't, I feel like, what? But actually, I, this is something I'm trying to do, but it is very difficult. I, um, my mind is very, is very connected to dates. Mm. So uh, like, for example, when I was in Copland and it was the 2nd of July. So it was my, my dad's, um, the day my dad was uh, disappeared. You know, I was, we were like working on, we were doing the photos of detainees. We were putting them in frames and frames and stuff. Mm-hmm. and when it when the clock was um midnight it 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 felt like something I cannot even describe it. It felt that something happened to me. I didn't even like look at the clock or anything. i just you just felt it I, I just felt it, and then i I looked and then it was midnight, and then I told them that I'm sorry, i just I cannot continue. I'll just go to my room. And I didn't. I didn't even sleep that day. I uh, and then at seven seven thirty in the morning, we had to go to the to to put the photos in front of the courthouse. But even when I looked at my photos from that day, yeah, it, it, I guess it, it. Yeah, I mean, I even felt sad for myself. Um, I felt. I, I looked very sad, and and obviously I'm sad, but I didn't, This, I don't know. It is, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not something that after now seven years, it's, I'm not sure of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yes. So, but to be honest, it is like, every week is the birthday of someone we lost
2: Yeah.
1: or the, um, the day someone was kidnapped, mm-hmm. um, the day someone was killed um uh, the day I don't, even like you know like dates that are related to like protests I participated in make me feel a bit like more um I don't know but but I'm I'm usually I'm very active actually my friends say that I'm hyperactive <laughs> and uh and I talk a lot as you can see but um uh, but I'm trying to deal with it but to be honest there, like, I don't. It. There is no like one week, you know, like seven days in a row where I'm, where I'm not, where I don't like. Uh, also, because everything triggers you. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: um, the other day I, th- I mean, it is also on the podcast. I talked about the song of Uncle Film. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You cannot imagine what like <clears throat> I. Can I you c-
0: tell that story again for those who don't know?
1: Yeah, um well yes, I mean I I've, I've always I've always hated Uncle Tom. I didn't even know why. I I mean somehow yeah, I, I'm not going to go there. But uh but uh yeah, my dad was obviously uh, like everyone else was a huge fan of her and um so we would always listen to her, and I would always like ask my dad, like I don't, I don't. She she, she doesn't even have a like I I don't like her voice. What? Well, I don't see the point. And I've always thought that there is a reason that every like there is something that everyone knows except for me. Yeah,
2: so they all missing. agreed.
1: Yes. <laughs> so they all agreed that we like that we love her that much. So I always ask my dad, like, what, why, what, what is the reason, No, And then he always said that there is something you cannot, like, you you cannot realize now, but when you, uh, grow up, you will, you will see the point, and yeah, and I kept asking, like, I was, uh, I nug a lot, and I kept nugging at my dad for, like, years, 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 and, uh, and, uh, he kept actually answering me every time, I don't even know why, but, uh, one day when I was in Germany, I was, I was actually like, I, it was, I guess, 2016 or mm-hmm. something around that. And it was, I was going out with my friends to some place and they uh, played uh, on Kulthom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, we just entered and then I just heard, I, at the, at the beginning, I didn't even recognize the, uh, the point, like the, the song. Mm-hmm and i just heard uh yeah and then i was like uh, okay i i i freeze you know i this is this is how i act so i i was just i i froze in that point and the only thing i did is that i went to the bathroom i spent something like an hour or something crying there i couldn't even i couldn't just get it together i i couldn't my friends were there. what's going on i i I was crying to the to the to the point that I couldn't even speak, and I just went back home and it took me to be honest i'm I'm quite emotional, and i'm my memory is very related to music, so which is quite difficult because specifically if you live in Berlin. Arabic music is all over mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, I still after seven years, I still react the same way. And the the thing is that actually, when it when something like this happens, it takes me like a week to actually just get over it and get over that specific moment and just continue. So it is it is very uh, difficult. Yesterday, a friend of mine. <laughs> this is almost like I always say that. Um, I'm, 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 I'm 30 in a, Mm -hmm. actually, yeah, in like two weeks. Mm
2: -hmm. But,
1: uh, at the end of the day, when I just want, when when I go to bed, somehow I just, I don't only feel it. You know what I mean? I see myself from the outside as this five, six years, uh, year old kid who's just in bed and, and just crying because it doesn't make sense to me you know i mean everything i talk about everything i do during the day justice freedom and everything and then at what at one point when i'm in bed i'm like but wait but 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 i ha i had a father and he just disappeared that's it and i don't get it you know sometimes i just i mean the other day it's 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 very uh, it's very weird for me to talk about that but I'm I'm trying to be like not only to be honest but I'm trying to say stuff that I don't even like tell not even like my family I don't actually we don't talk about uh everyone is trying to protect each other so we don't really talk about stuff Mm -hmm. but I even like one day I remember that my friend his dad was calling him and then he was like oh no I don't want to respond and stuff And I was sad to the point that I went back home and I created some number and I saved it as my dad. And I started calling. And and maybe it just, it explains how complicated, like our relationship to to the fact that my dad is just not there. Yeah, I mean, I wake up in the morning and then I, again, I I grow up and I realize again that this is, this is the reality and I should fight for it. But then again, in the evening, it's, it's the same. So I, I, I was just, just saying that, that yesterday, a friend of mine just shared with me that on this day, um, two years ago, mm-hmm. um, his father was released after seven months of detention. Mm-hmm. And I cannot, yeah, I mean, I cried for like 4 hours. I was I was genuinely happy for him. It's not it's not it's not about people.
0: Mm. It
1: just I felt very sad that but but why why does it have my th- my dad to spend 7 years and yeah. I don't even know if he's coming back.
0: You're finding ways to I don't know it sounds like you, you try to find ways to rationalize it or to make sense of it but like at the end of the day the it's what it is it's as brutal as it is and it doesn't provide answers that's that's the worst part of it i guess um i wanted to end on a positive ish note <laughs> uh, you mentioned that you graduated recently uh well again congratulations on that what are uh, what are your next steps on, on that front? And um, yeah, what are your next steps on that front? What do you hope to be working in or, you know, etc. cetera?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest, I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, I'm taking a break from academia for Very a good. while.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, um, I mean, I, it's also a bit complicated. I started something, I studied something a bit different from what I actually do I studied Arts and Aesthetics, so it's a bit, uh, which, which was good for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I made this decision because at some point I felt that I need to balance my life. So it, it somehow did. And, um, but uh, yes, so I'm looking for a job. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm actually, I have, a, I have a project in mind okay uh not only in mind i'm working i'm I'm starting to work on something uh but um can you not, tell us about it or, really, or not yet yeah well i mean it's uh yeah, it is a film so okay. um yes it will it will take obviously like um, i don't know at least two years
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um yeah, this is a decision that was not easy for me because it includes me, so um I wasn't sure but um yes i guess now um this is the main like this is the goal that i have in mind but on the daily basis um uh, i'm uh, i'm now uh dedicating myself to the court somehow mm-hmm. no but i'm actually yeah I'm, I'm i just think that it is a huge platform and it is a very important platform and and i think that we everyone should use
2: mm-hmm. so
1: uh but also we work a lot of like um, different stuff. I do a lot of like different activities, uh, all related obviously to the evolution. This is the mm-hmm. only thing that I enjoy and mm-hmm. I want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yes, on the, like a bigger scale, um, I guess this film or documentary is, is uh, my next step.
0: Amazing. Time of, uh, um, thank you a lot for your time. You've been very generous for your time and um, I don't even know what I to just say. I a
1: question. I just please, had, did you please, call uh, me Wafa?
0: Uh, did I? I don't know what did I? Uh,
1: well, I hope not because because yeah because my name is Wafa. Wafa. <laughs> and I've yeah I've been telling the story all over. Uh, my dad gave me a name of a Palestinian news agency, and this explains why I talk a lot. This is might explain why I wanted to become a journalist. But uh, yes, so okay. yeah, Wafa. Wafa. Is fine.
0: Wafa. Wafa. That's <laughs> okay. good for me. <laughs> Thank you a lot for your time and um, good luck on everything. Please take care of yourself as well. I mean, you, you, yeah, don't be too harsh on yourself. Um, I think what you're doing is already, uh, you know, pretty much impossible. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for what you're doing as well. And I really hope that you get uh, good news uh, at some point. And yeah, thanks for talking yeah, to me. Anyway.
1: I hope so. And thank you so much, actually. I mean, this is the conversation is, is for me is somehow i don't know like uh, surprisingly very smooth and 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 yes thank you so much for the for the opportunity my pleasure honestly